Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For anyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let me say a very good morning to you all. Great to see you, particularly having been away myself on holiday for a few weeks. I wonder if you're the sort of person who is good at asking for things. Some people are really good at asking but others of us, we're, uh, we find it embarrassingly hard, don't we? I don't know if you've been in that situation where you've been uh, eating in a restaurant. In fact, if you, if you eat in restaurants, um, you'll, you'll know that this happens pretty regularly, doesn't it? About five minutes after you get your meal brought to the table, what happens? The waiter pops up. Is everything okay? Right, put yourself in that situation. Here comes the waiter. Let's see. Everything okay? How do you react? Do you go, well, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. Please, can I have another one? Or, even though the meal is soggy and cold and rubbery, and it's maybe even totally the wrong thing, it's not what you ordered at all, do you go, fine, fine, lovely, it's all, it's all good? I, I, I have lost count of the amount of times that I've been in that kind of situation where around the table somebody's been grumbling about the food that they've, they've been brought, and then, then up pops the waiter, everything okay? Yeah, yeah, of course, oh no, it's the best meal I've ever had. Um, and sadly, <laughs> I've done it myself, <laughs> Uh, and I do it not just in restaurants, but in life. And then we all do that in life. Some of us find it really hard to ask. And I think as we turn back to the Lord's Prayer this morning, dive into our next little clause, 
The one thing Jesus wants to tell us, the big message is, just ask. He wants to say to us, just ask me for things. So first things first, who do we ask? Um, I know that's an oddy question. I know Scramblers is happening downstairs. This is, this is big church, okay? Um, and so uh, it, it's pretty obvious uh, the answer is God. Jesus is encouraging us in the Lord's Prayer to ask God to give us this day our daily bread. But the problem is, do we? If you have a need, who are you most likely to go to, to look to, to meet that need? Is it a spouse or a family member, a brother, sister, a friend, a flatmate, the government? Always looking to the government to, to solve all of our problems, aren't we? The doctor. Now, don't get me wrong, I love the NHS, but contrary to, I think it's almost a bit of a popular belief going around now, <laughs> even the doctor is not God. When we have a need, from the monumental to the minuscule, Jesus says we are to ask the Lord God of all heaven and earth. We are to turn to our Father in prayer and we are to say to him, give us. Because God is the greatest giver. Read your way through the Bible and you will find time and again God gives and he gives and he gives and he gives and he gives. In fact, I don't think it's too much of a push to say that, that, that actually we could sum up the whole of the message of the Bible in those two words. God gives. And I think that really challenges our view of him, does it not? Too often we, our view of God is of him being some kind of burden a distant, demanding deity who just wants stuff from us. Yet over and over again, God gives. God is the source. God is where everything comes from. Everything finds its root back to him. So Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And so James 1 verse 16, Therefore, warns us, don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And what about Psalm 104 verse 27, which says about the Lord God, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. See, God is not just at work in the, in the unusual and spectacular. What we call ordinary nature is our Father's way of working to regularly meet our needs. So God gives the soil, and he provides the seed, and he sends the sun and the rain, and then there's the grain. He gives us each mouthful. It's an absolute miracle that God provides us each day with bread. And though the regularity of these resources and the laws by which they operate are proof of his divine faithfulness and generosity, what do we do? We presume on his goodness, don't we? The unbroken continuity of God's mercy of bread all too often hinders our appreciation of his greatness and necessity. And yet even, even then, even when we 
fail to thank him. And we ignore him. What does he do? He keeps on giving. Matthew 5 verse 45 tells us, he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God gives all the time. And so if that's the case, if God gives, whether we honor him or not, what's the point of asking? I mean, why do we ask? Well, again, not the answer, because Jesus tells us to, doesn't he? He says we are to pray, give us this day our daily bread. But that's interesting, isn't it? That it's this day. Jesus is telling us to ask for bread for only one day. So that we'll be reminded that we are dependent by design. Because I wonder if you know this. Life isn't given to us by the year or the month or, or even the week but just one day at a time. We don't know what tomorrow holds, do we? James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. If you think you know what is going to happen, to tomor- happen tomorrow, Anything you think you have any control over it whatsoever. Let me, let me say as gently as I possibly can. You have not been paying attention over these last 18 months. God is the great giver. And we are therefore created to be receivers. We're not created to be self-sufficient grabbers and hoarders. Storing up warehouses of future plans and provisions. This day, today, and every day, we are to look to him and be receivers. Let's be honest, though, we we don't like to depend on anyone for anything, do we? I, I prefer to be able to earn and get stuff myself so that I can have some semblance of control over life. And if someone gives something to me, then I have this real urge, this deep feeling that I, I've got to pay them back somehow. Like, I, I don't know if you've had that, that, that situation at Christmas where somebody you weren't expecting to give you a present hands you this Christmas present. And, and, and at first, it's, it's kind of, oh, that's nice. Oh, oh, surprise. Oh, that's lovely. But then you're like, oh, help. I haven't got them anything. What am I going to do? Because that's our instinct. We can't just receive and say thanks. We feel a need to pay back. But according to the Bible, we are created to be dependent on God, which is why from time to time, God takes us through situations like he did the Israelites back in Exodus 16, like we heard about earlier on. They were making their way through the wilderness from Egypt to the promised land. And they had no food, so they were grumbling about that. So God says to Moses in Exodus 16 verse 4, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people should go out and gather a day's portion every day. So it's going to be enough for each day, but only enough for that day. And so some people do what we would 
do, I think most of us would do, and they, they gather loads of it and they store it up for the next day. But what happens? They wake up the next morning, it's gone all moldy. So the people of God had to learn dependence on God one day at a time. But did they learn that lesson of daily dependence? Oh, folks, this is such a warning to our hearts here. The moment they entered the promised land, they are overwhelmed with the plenty. And the predictions of what they would do comes in Deuteronomy 8, verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing. The Lord is so generous. He is so good. And yet what happens to their hearts amongst this plenty? Here it is, four verses later in Deuteronomy 8. Then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And that is what happens. See, reality doesn't change. They are still utterly, completely dependent on God for everything. But their experience of plenty hardens their hearts. And brother, sister, I want to say, I think that's happened to you. And I say that because I think it's happened to me. Our hearts get hardened by the plenty. Abraham Lincoln, the U.S. president, the 16th U.S. president, who led the U.S. through the Civil War, saw this danger all too well as he called for a national day of fasting and humility and prayer on the 30th of March, 1861. He asked the question, why is it that we've been plunged into this civil war? What has has happened to us that's led to this? And his answer was, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth and power, but we have forgotten God. We've forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. Those are amazing words, aren't they? And they made me want to weep because I so long for our leaders in this nation to say words like that. But the battle here for us is for a lifestyle of gratitude. Every time we take bread in our hands, we are holding answered prayer. Do we realize that? Or are we too blind and too proud? Thank you, Father, for once more providing. Thank you for once again making your good earth work. Thank you for once again this day being faithful to your children. And when we face a shortage or a loss, whether it's of food 
or money or freedom or, or health, we must recognize that like the Israelites, God may be calling us to live one day at a time and to strengthen our faith through that, to, to help us wake up to any complacency in us and to turn back to him and to repent of that and depend on him for everything once more. We must resist the illusion that we are independent, self-sufficient beings who should always be able to fend for ourselves. We always have and we always will be utterly dependent on God. And so we pray this day to express our grateful dependence to him. And then thirdly, what do we ask? Well, Jesus tells us to ask for what we need. Give us this day our daily bread, not our daily donut. I love donuts. <laughs> donuts are so good, aren't they? I mean, I could eat them for every meal. Um, and that's why my children call me the Reverend Donut. But nobody needs a donut. <laughs> No, it's, it's not our greeds, it's our needs that we are to ask for. John Stott was probably the most humble yet insightful British church leader of the last century. And he wrote of this clause in the Lord's Prayer. He wrote this, pray for necessities rather than the luxuries of life. Now it's not that God doesn't want us to have good things, that he's reluctant to give us them. He's the great giver after all. And it's not necessarily wrong for us to have them or to ask for them. But we've already seen the great danger there is in having plenty, haven't we? So it'd be wise, especially for those of us who have been blessed with much, to pray the prayer of Agur, son of Jacob. I wonder if you know this prayer from Proverbs 30, verse 7. Agur prayed, Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Do you see the danger lurking there? Too much. Too much. There is nothing that leads us into folly more quickly and comprehensively than having too much. It is so, so dangerous as it causes us to disown the Lord. So will you pray specifically to the Lord that he will only give you what you need, that he will keep you from having too much, that he will keep you from having more than you can effectively handle without the temptation becoming too much? And will you pray before you go shopping? We often pray before meals, don't we? I, I used to be so resistant to saying grace before meals because I just thought it was just going through the motions. You always just pray the same, same thing. But I've come, come to realize it's so, so important to do that. Otherwise, we take God's provision for granted. So pray something big before you, before you eat. And, and let's commit our spending habits to him too. And if he graciously gives us more than we need, will we ask him to guide us into what he wants us to do with that? 
I mean, after all, do you notice that Jesus doesn't call us to pray, give me my daily bread. (laughs) He says, give us our daily bread. As when we pray, Jesus wants us to remember our Christian brothers and sisters who need his provision. And when he answers our prayer, what he gives is for us to share with others. Our families, yeah, sure. But also others in this church family. Folks who are less well off with than us. And he's calling us also to think outside the box, outside the church, of those working away in gospel ministries here in the nation and across the world. So we ask for what we need. And then finally, how do we ask? Well, like we need it. This is a prayer of humble dependence and it's to be prayed on our knees with outstretched hands. And I wonder if perhaps it's also good to pray this with empty tummies. You know the golden rule of going shopping at the supermarket, don't you? I'm sure, I'm sure you've had this experience. <laughs> Never go when you are hungry because <laughs> otherwise you will end up with a whole lot more than you intended to like this guy here on the right. Well, praying when we are hungry is kind of like that too, but, but in a good way. <laughs> and I don't think it's a coincidence that immediately after teaching his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches them about fasting too. Because skipping a meal every now and again to pray can be a really helpful way of acknowledging our complete and utter dependence on God. When the Lord calls us to fast, he is encouraging us to feel our need of him. Because let's face it, from day to day, all too often, we don't feel that need because we're so well provided for, for us. But when we fast, when we actually do that, and if you've done this, you'll know that this is your experience. What grows inside of us isn't a hunger for more food, for, for bread, but it's a hunger for him. See, bread represents everything that sustains us. And as Jesus says to Satan when he tempts him to break his fast in the wilderness, in Matthew chapter 5, he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he really reinforces this and, 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 and kind of brings it to our attention further in John 6, verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go thirsty, and whoever believes in sorry, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. Jesus is saying, You need him more than you need your next meal. And so ultimately, give us this day our daily bread is a prayer not only of humble dependence and thanksgiving. And a prayer that encourages us to ask the Lord how to use the plenty that he gives, that we might be generous. But it is also a prayer for contentment. It is saying to the Lord God, if I have you, then I know I have everything I need. Some of you will know that um, I've been a fan of Liverpool Football Club since I was a little boy. 
Growing up in Glasgow in the 1980s, basically everybody supported Liverpool because um, there were so many Scottish players that played for them. It also kind of helped that they were pretty good back then as well. But whether you know that or not, most of you will know that Jurgen Klopp is the manager of Liverpool. But you might not know that he's also a Christian. I discovered this when I came across an article in the Sunday Times the day after they'd won the Champions League a couple of years back. And in it, he said, there is nothing in my life that I'm not willing to lose because I know Jesus. And he said that despite all the pressures of being manager. Can you imagine the pressures that were on him of being manager of one of the biggest football clubs in the world? And yet he said, that's what sets him free from the fear of failure. There's something so liberating about being a child, a dependent child who receives from God and says, give me whatever. My identity isn't in the stuff I own. It's not in my money. It's not in other people's opinions of me. It's, it's not in the success of what I'm doing now or in the future. And therefore, I can trust you for all that. Just give me what I need for today. If life is just a free-for-all, where it all depends on you to meet your needs, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, whatever, it's, it's, it's so, so stressful to live like that. Don't we find that? And when we live like that, we can just get really anxious when things go wrong. Or really anxious about what might go wrong, all the ifs and what's and maybes in the future. But Jesus is saying, just ask. And whether we have plenty or little, or things have gone wrong, or we do get all churned up and worried about what might happen next, just ask. Whatever it is, that is on your mind today, that keeps coming back, that troubles you, have you asked him about it yet? That's what he's saying our hearts and minds most need if we are to find rest and peace and joy. He is our daily bread. So let's spend some time praying again. I know we've prayed Twice already in the service, but three times <laughs> should not be a burden to us as God calls us to ask him for what we need. Um, and here's what we're going to do. We're two-thirds of the way through this series on the Lord's Prayer so far. So we're going to pray through the Lord's Prayer, just line by line. I'm going to pray each line, and I'm just going to give you some space, some time to just pray in response to these kind of headlines that Jesus is giving for our prayer life. I know we haven't done the whole series yet, but we'll go all the way through the Lord's Prayer. I know some of you haven't been for every week, but hopefully each headline just is enough to give you some fuel to pray. So let's pray together now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive against those uh, we, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. And Heavenly Father, we... Thank you that though you are so mighty, you condescend to give us everything we need and so much more. You are the greatest giver. You are the source of all things. Everything comes from you. And Lord, we just want to say again that we are so sorry when we take your gifts and ignore you, the giver. So teach us to ask. Teach us to trust you. Teach us to walk each day relying on you for everything we need each and every moment that we might know you and love you and live as your dependent children. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, let's get on our feet again as we close our service by singing once more.